Today we get a double portion of the prophet Isaiah, giving it uh, first as the first reading, and then reading that same selection again as a portion of the gospel from St. Mark, as we begin in this, this year of St. Mark, uh, the cycle B of the readings. And so it's a, a double portion and a wonderful thing to be able to hear the words that John the Baptist himself is called to proclaim, he being the, the one who is the, the forerunner to the Christ, the one who goes to prepare the way, the one who is sent to fill the valleys and to level the mountains, to make straight the paths, to call to repentance. It is the words of John that continue to echo then and in call to us to do the same, to prepare the way for the Lord. First and foremost, this means to go to confession. In the times of, of John the Baptist, it meant going in and being washed in the water, that symbolic acknowledgement of sins and symbolically washing it away. But we have not a symbol of cleansing from our sins. We have the reality in the sacrament and how blessed to have it. An encouragement, if it's been a while, if it's been whatever a while thinks means for you, it's time. Prepare your heart. Go and to receive the blessing of the Lord. It is the best way to prepare for Christmas. The best. To allow one's sins to be freed and forgiven. Because it is in this that our Lord comes to prepare the path. It's our Lord who, who does that most necessary work, doing the heavy lifting of all of, all of the, removing all of the large things that get in the way between us and him. Those things that, that make him not able to come in haste to us, but that delay his coming unnecessarily because of the hardness of our own hearts, the weakness of our hearts. It is for us then to go and to prepare by allowing the Lord to free us from our sins. But it is for us also to do some preparations on our end of things, as it's not enough for us simply to, to go to confession and then that's all. We know that every time we go to confession, there's the invitation, much like our Lord extended to, to those that he, that he forgave in his own day, to go and to sin no more, to strive in our own hearts to have holiness of life, to be purified, sanctified, prepared for his coming. Part of the beauty of, of the, the words that, uh, that Isaiah speaks and the words that St. That John the Baptist echoes in the gospel is that in which a preparation, a clearing away of things, and this is a, a, something that happened then, it's something that happens to some degree even still now. All of us have experienced, you know, the, the police, you know, racing through the streets, passing by the cars to be able to stop at red lights and hold people up so the funeral procession can pass by. Or when government leaders are passing by. Or when the officials after an LSU game are passing by lest the people stop them and kill them for the bad calls that may have been made that day. That's the reason for it, right? To be able to get the person out quick, fast, and in a hurry so that nothing happens to them, so that nothing slows them down, so that essentially that, that, that they are safe and secure. And the same thing would happen in the days prior to our Lord's life, the days of Isaiah and John. Whenever a king was coming, it was, it was known, and it was known well, because they would literally fix the roads to get ready for him. 
They would pull out everything and to be able to, to, to pull down hills and to, le- to, to level out valleys, to make the roads straight and to make them clean and clear, to make sure that there was nothing around where things would, would slow down or that they would be caught off guard perhaps by turning a corner and finding a, a band of renegades ready to attack the caravan, to be able to kill or you know, to, to maim at least in some manner or to, you know, to pillage goods. It was a matter of security to fix the roads. It was a matter of safety. And it was a visible sign. If anybody saw that the roads were being worked on, they knew someone important was coming. It was a concrete, practical thing. And so much the same for us. Again, when we see those fire engine lights, you know, the, or the, the, the police officers, or these kinds of things, we know that clear the path. Someone's coming. Someone is in need. It's for us to be able to do that for our own souls. That we come and are invited during this time of year to be able to look in our soul, in the, in the, the quiet time of the church, to prepare our hearts for the coming of the Savior, to allow him to be born in us, in a sense. And so to clean house first. It is for us to look at our lives and to see where are the places where vice may need to be pulled down like the hills, or virtue needs to be built up as the valleys? Where are there places where we've allowed sin to kind of remain unchecked, perhaps? Or these habits maybe we've gotten into, or habits we've gotten out of, that need to be straightened out a bit, so as to to keep ourselves free from the the attacks of the evil one, and more surely set upon the path where our Lord can hasten to us, and we to hasten to him. It's for us to prepare the way for our Lord's coming in our very souls. This is a concrete thing. Again, it's not some, some, vague, some vague reflection. Vague things in a spiritual life tend to be no thing in the spiritual life at all. If one makes a resolution to pray more, then one will very likely not pray more because we don't want to know what praying more really looks like. It's only when we make it concrete that things start to be clear and make sense for us. Saying, I'm going to pray more during the Advent season is a whole different thing than saying, I'm going to set aside 10 minutes every morning and read a book of spiritual reading or meditation based on Advent. Those are two very different things. It's a different thing to say, I need to read the scriptures more, I'm going to do that. And then actually saying, every day, for five minutes before, after, or during lunch, I'm going to sit down and read a portion of the gospel. It's concrete and measurable when we do this. And it's good for us to have these things. It's good for us to have concrete, measurable things and structure and order to the spiritual life. Because without it, we easily can kind of be swayed by whatever happens to be uh, the loudest, noisiest thing around us. Prayer is usually not the thing where, you know, it's kind of, it's urgent. You know, we, you know, some of you may have chimes on your phone that ring at certain hours, but usually the chimes on the phone are emails or, or text messages or these other things that come in where it's the world around us saying, this is something you need to deal with. You need to do this. You need to respond to this. You need to go to this. You need to see this. The Lord doesn't send us text messages. He doesn't send us an email that says, you need to stop and pray. You need to go in quiet time. You need, to, you need to detox from the world for a little bit. It's easy to be caught up in so many things. And for us to have a rhythm and a ritual 
where we're not simply, again, kind of, you know, kind of floating along based upon the day and how things go, but rather intentionally setting a course of things that we intend to do, things that we know that if I do these things, I will draw close to Christ. It is a certainty. It can be helpful for us to have this as a family as well as as an individual. If you have a family, if it's a home of more than one, it can be a good thing to set aside some rules that help foster family life, setting aside phones at certain times, setting aside you know, TV and other entertainment at certain times, intentionally choosing to have family time or silent time or whatever it is that your family needs, intentionally setting these things aside to say, this is what we do on Wednesday nights or Saturday nights or Sunday nights, to be intentional about it and to know that it will bear good fruit but also for one's own soul individually. To have a rule by which we live, often referred to as a a rule of life, is simply to acknowledge that there are things in us that we would like to continue to grow and improve. It's not new for our faith. Indeed, in many religious communities, every religious community has a rule by which it lives. The Benedictines have the rule of St. Benedict. Augustinians have the rule of St. Augustine. The Franciscans have the rule of St. Francis. And various other communities, they'll have a rule or constitutions or some kind of, you know, list of rules at least, some, some guide that says this is how we live our communal life. And this is how we live our life with the Lord in, in prayer, things that we particularly do. These are our commitments, our devotions. And knowing that if they live them well, it will serve them well. It will be for their strengthening and salvation. And we can do the same for ourselves. Not that we have to draft a, a, lengthy, a lengthy rule of, of all the ways in which we, we live and determine our life and have to stick to it strictly, but it can be helpful simply to, to have a few rules by which we live, to be able to acknowledge that, again, that there are weaknesses within us, and the enemy wants to attack these places or to acknowledge that there are places where we need to grow in a particular virtue or to establish a different habit. And setting aside particular time and effort in this is good and fruitful. Again, concrete is better. So it can be an opportunity for us to look and do an examination today in this Sunday rest that we have, to be able to stop for a moment and to consider what are the hills that need to be torn down what is, there, what is there that is vice, where something needs to be pulled down, rooted out of us? And then, on the other end, what virtue can I sow in its place to help me actually do that? What concrete thing will help me to know that if I do this thing, if I continue to persevere in this, the hill will fall and the valley will be filled? To come up with three things particularly and to ask the grace of the Lord to help you to remain faithful to it. It's a simple thing. And yet if we're willing to, do, to consistently, intentionally pursue these things, our spiritual life will grow in ways we never would have estimated. It will be far beyond our comprehension because really it's simply the Lord who is doing the work. It's we who allow ourselves to daily to show up and to say yes. And so my invitation to consider for yourself a rule for the rest of the season, and perhaps longer, to look at things that need to be healed, strengthened, torn down perhaps, 
and to find ways concretely to follow after our Lord in this. Ask the grace of the Lord for docility today to help you to see and to know what it might be and grace and fortitude from the Holy Spirit to be able to follow in the path set before us.